It's like a Spectrum game with more colors. It's Enduro Racer on the Atari ST Show, episode 12. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Atari ST Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Enduro Racer. Oh. Now, Aaron, I know you're not much of a motorcyclist. No. But you are sort of a Enduro driver. That's true. You endure many miles on the road. So tell us, for those of us that don't clock the amount of miles that you do, what is the secret to maintaining uh, a positive outlook on just endless amounts of miles on the road? You know, it's funny because I did a couple hundred today. Uh, actually, but before I did the sh- before I came down to sit down the show, it's something you get used to. I will say that I'm sure a long distance trucker could give you better advice than I can. But I will say, uh, number one, always have something good to listen to. Uh, I listen to a ton of podcasts. I listen to uh, uh, Pixel Gate, and you don't know Flack. I listen to. Uh, uh, Sprite Castle. I listen to us sometimes if I get really bored. Wrestling, whatever I can find. Uh, horror stuff. You know, anything I can get hold of, I listen to. Uh, and that helps a lot. And if you don't have that, always have some music standing by because then you've the third defense is the radio and you never know what you're going to get depending on where you're at. It could be all religious stuff or country music or something you're not into, and then you're boned because then you start getting tired. Second thing I'd want to advise is when you're out there on this long stretches of road, make sure you know where all your bathrooms are at, man. I hate to go down this road again, but <laughs> this is vitally important. Uh, you got to make sure that you know exactly where you can go in case it, it, the, things go down. And along those lines... If you've got a long trip, make sure you, and this is coming from me, by the way, make sure you're careful with what you eat. Mm. Because the last thing you want to do is be in the car with stomach cramps or worse, uh, bad times, boat. Yeah. And then uh, this just seems like a no-brainer, but man, make sure you're not tired uh, when you're driving because that's the absolute worst is when you're half asleep at the wheel and you've got to be somewhere and you, and you don't have an option just to pull off the road and sleep. Uh, so I try to make good and sure that I've gotten a really, really good night's sleep as far as I, you know, best I can do, given my limitations of sleeping, uh, before I go out because it can get ugly. And then one last thing I would do is, for the love of God, drive defensively because people are insane. I just saw a statistic today in America that said the accidents are up like twenty eight percent, drunk driving's up. Uh, a bunch of uh, real high and like driving while high is up. And the last thing we need in this country are people that are screwed up on behind the wheel. Cause that even when they're stone cold sober, a lot of people can't drive. So you gotta be very careful to watch your surroundings boat. Excellent. Excellent advice all mm. around Aaron. Also one last thing. When you see a dirt pile ahead of you, make sure you pop a wheelie before you hit that crap, or you'll fly <laughs> up in there like a, a handstanding idiot, and then get it's the old crotch buster on the way down. Have but. you ever? Have you ever? Honestly, have you ever been airborne in a vehicle? Oh God, yeah, tons of times. Oh yeah, I used to deliver pizza. I'd hit this like railroad crossing like the Duke boys and launch my old Grand Am high into the air. You know, so yeah, I've done that many times. But by the way, the Grand Am don't work no more. I guess I could pretty much mention that. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Well, let's talk a little bit about Enduro Racer. Now
Excellent, Boat. There he goes. So let's talk about Dura Racer. All right. So first of all, Aaron, do you know where the word Enduro comes from? I thought it was short for endurance. Yeah. Well, it seems like that. But did you know there's actually a sport called Enduro? No, I didn't know that. Man. Yeah. There's, so the, the, and there's a special type of motorcycle racing that is actually called enduro racing. So it's not like what I always thought, which is just what you thought when you ride a motorcycle for a long time, it's an enduring feat. Let's call it enduro. No, uh, according to the old wiki, the term enduro traditionally refers specifically to time kept events, uh, that require competitors to maintain a prescribed mile per hour average over varying terrain. Uh, competitors are moderated by a series of secret timekeeping checkpoints along the race course, and they're they're penalized based on their arrival time to the checkpoint. So it it sounds exactly like this game, except in real life you don't have a timer ticking down. That's a secret number that only the people at the checkpoints know. How's that strike you? That sounds like a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'd have to be out of your mind to do that, wouldn't you? What if you get tired? You're on a bike of doom. Well, the you know, it's funny because these sorts of uh, these sorts of races are sort of the equivalent of rally racing in the in the automotive world. You and I have gotten to know rally racing better than we used to know it uh, by playing a bunch of games on European computers. And uh, this this is sort of like the the motorcycle equivalent of that, where it is the these these courses are deliberately uh, put on both public and private roads, on road, off road, wherever they want to go. Uh, that's how enduro racing works. So uh, <laughs> they're on public roads. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> this well, is a horrible idea. Now, uh, now of course, this game was released way back in uh, 1986. In the arcades, it was published by Sega Enterprises, a Japanese uh, outfit, and uh, this is their. Uh, this is basically the the sequel to Hang On. Um, you know, Hang On uh, was I, I would call it. Would you call it the first uh, a motorcycle racing game of note? Well, no, I would not. Because, uh, in fact, me and Brett on ARG covered a motorcycle race. Oh, well, I guess that's not really racing. That's more jumping. Uh, but I, I don't know. Because I'm sure, I'm pretty sure I remember some of the old, old, old mechanical arcade games that let you race bikes around a course. So, but I mean, this is the first one I remember in the video game age. I'm going to call this that was the straight first, up. I'm going to call this the first motorcycle racing game of note. Okay. Um, and because there were other games like Fawns and Stunt Cycle and stuff like that, but those yeah. were not racing games. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so uh and what do these what do these games bring to the table other than motorcycle racing? Well, it gave you a motorcycle to sit on. And that, of course, was the big <laughs> selling point uh for hang on where you're leaning to one side or the other. On Enduro Racer, uh, you are doing the same thing, but instead of a traditional racing uh, motorcycle, you have what resembles a dirt bike. Did you ever know kids with dirt bikes back in the day, Aaron? Oh, yeah. My neighbors had them. I used to ride them around their yard, and eventually they'd ride them around the street. There's little noisy little things. Yeah. The dirt yeah, bike they, lo scene, they loved them. The dirt bike scene is alive and well here in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Kids tear, tear through the neighborhood at fantastical speeds, making fantastical noise. <laughs> um, I never, I never, I always, you know, I was one of these kids. I, I I wanted a dirt bike, but I, I was smart enough to know that I, I, I never even asked my parents because the answer would be a resounding no. Um, but anyway, uh, Enduro Racer, I would call it a, a moderate 
hit in the arcade. I know that I never saw an, uh, as many Enduro Racer. In fact, I, I don't think I've ever seen an Enduro Racer in an arcade before, but I've seen plenty of hang-ons and super hang-ons. Yeah. Did you have a similar, a similar experience? I would agree with you 100%. I, I saw uh, plenty of uh, hang-ons, super hang-ons that had... Well, the one I saw the most would be the one that just had the handlebars strapped to the front of the arcade machine. But they also, I did see plenty of the ones that you actually get up on a ride, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the gimmick. Because it's funny, even back in the day, uh, these games, I didn't think were, I mean, what I would, it's not the kind of game I would put a ton of money in. Because it didn't seem like that big a deal uh, to me. I mean, that, but the, the, the really, the, the element that was awesome was the actual getting on the bike. And it's the kind of thing that every kid tries at least once. And then if you go on there and rock around like a moron, then you're like, screw this, I'm done. But some people had a knack for it, and they'd be the ones that would play it a bunch of times. I would be the kind of kid, and I remember distinctly riding one of these things for the first time, sucking and moving on. But I did play the one with the handlebars like way more because I was better at that one. Yeah, yeah. And so, anyway, this game eventually made it to uh, many systems. This game was released on uh, mostly uh, the computers, uh, the Amstrad CPC, the C64, the Thompson. Both lines of Thompson got a release on this. Uh, And uh, the ZX Spectrum. Uh, This game was also released on the Sega Master System. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Um, but, uh, this game, a little bit of background about this game, uh, this game was, uh, published and released by Activision. Activision kind of had a deal with Sega. They released a lot of their, uh, arcade ports onto the home computers at the time. Uh, this came out a year after the arcade, uh, machine. So pretty quick turnaround time released in 1987. Uh, this was programmed by on the title screen Giga Games. I guess Giga Games was actually uh, the moniker of a guy called Ian Morrison. And uh, Ian Morrison did uh, a couple different uh, titles for the Atari ST. He did uh, Cisco Heat. Uh, I've not played Cisco Heat, and it looks <laughs> like an, another I've another the arcade version. Game. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, Chase HQ two. He did <laughs> yeah. the ST port. Uh, Outrun. I uh, hope the outrun on the ST was better than the Amiga version. Uh, and he also did uh, Road Blasters. Uh, we need to try all those. Bro. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it looks like the only non-racing game that he released uh, that he programmed on the ST was a game called Sidearms, which appears to be some sort of a horizontal a mech-based shooter. Uh, the music in this game, which is extremely memorable, is uh, our buddy David Whitaker. David Whitaker, one of the most active uh, composers of music. I guess in this case, maybe he was more of an arranger because I think he was basically just arranging the arcade tune uh, for the ST. But I mean, he did hundreds and hundreds of games. Looks like he's listed here on AtariLegend.com as having provided the music for over 100 games. On the he, and he ST. works all sides of the street too. Yeah, yeah, he did. Like he it. turns up everywhere. That's right. Plenty of Amiga, plenty of uh, C64, plenty of Atari ST. Uh, beyond that, there's really not that much going on in terms of the background of this game. Of course, it is a, uh, a you know, it's a port of the arcade machine. Uh, the the thing that strikes you first, well, actually, you know, the thing I'll tell you the thing that struck me first. The thing that struck me first about this game was that I was unable to start the game. <laughs> <laughs> that will strike you violently. So yeah, me know, too, by the way. I had it, the same problem. When you when you load up a computer game, 
a lot of times you're greeted with the title screen that says either press the press the fire button to start the game or maybe you'll have an option screen right off the top, especially if you're in your 8-bit computer line where it says press K for keyboard, J for joystick, space to start, or whatever. In this game, you get nothing. You get the loading screen, and the loading screen uh, starts, it's, it's basically you see a, a, a man on a motorcycle, uh, it could be a woman, a person on a motorcycle with the Endura Racer font behind them. And uh, and if you wait long enough, you get this sort of sparkly star effect. Yeah, uh, like and, they're get like people are taking pictures, paparazzi. Right. Uh, this you can uh, you can immediately tell that uh, this uh, Activision was very proud of this port because their name is featured prominently, almost as big as the Endura Racer title itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On here. Um. And uh. And. And then the demo starts, and the, the demo will will play for about 30 seconds, and it, it takes you back to the title screen. And I went through, and I pressed every single key of the keyboard. You know, I was mashing down on the mouse buttons. I was hitting the button on the joystick. I could not get this game to start. Now, were you able to figure out how to get this game to start? I did. Own? I did. I did figure it out. But, I mean, I, it was after you had put that message in Discord. Right. So yeah, what, what it, you, it was I wasn't expecting what I saw. Let's just put it that way. What you have to do is you have to wait for the starry background to show up, okay? And then you have to hit the space bar or the joystick button. And when that happens, you get a drop-down menu right out of like a Sierra game or something. Yeah. Where you have uh you have file, you know, game controls, you have all these different options that drop down, and you have to go up to the game menu and choose start game. Uh it's very, very odd. I don't know if I've ever seen a game start in quite the same way. Have you? Yes, I, I believe the Amiga version of Marble Man. It's like there's some Amiga games that require you to do that are like that. I think that uh, this it's is goofy though. It is. I mean, it, I don't hate it to be honest with you. I like it as, as an interface. It's not the worst. I, I like once I figured out what was going on, I liked it. But yeah, it was strange. You know, this I think that this is one of the growing pains that the computers were going through at this time. At this time, you know, the mouse was a brand new interface. Yeah, and uh, they wanted to work the mouse in. You know, and and I I can. <laughs> see why the thing that makes it dumb is the fact that you have to hit a key to trigger that menu they should have just put the menu up at the top to let you know right away this is how you're supposed to start the game yeah yeah um, that's one of the ones where if you pirated it you might just sit there for a little while wonder what's going on yeah 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 and so okay so now we, we we've gotten into the game proper now okay so this is a motorcycle racing game and uh, the thing, the differentiator between Enduro Racer and Say Hang On is the fact that this does not take place on a traditional racing track. Uh, Hang On is basically, you know, pole position uh, on a motorcycle. Yeah. This is a game that takes you through many different uh, styles of terrain. This is a game with, uh, with full of obstacles on the road. Not only do you have to contend with other motorcycles, uh, traffic, but you also have, you know, uh, mounds of dirt on the road. There are rocks. There are logs. There are all kinds of things that are trying to get into your way. You're also traveling uh, through uh, the woods. You're traveling through open plains. You're even traveling through these long, miles-long bridges where there's nothing but water on both sides of you. So you are uh, your job as as your, the Enduro Racer is to basically just reach the next checkpoint. 
That is the point of this game. You are you are racing. It is not a start to finish race. This is a game where you're trying to get to the next checkpoint. If you get to the next checkpoint before the time runs out, you get extended time based on the amount of time that you had when you reached the checkpoint, and then you're racing on to the next checkpoint. Is that how you would sum this up, Aaron? Did I yes, leave sir. anything out? I think you. I think that's exactly how you do it. So, Aaron, you have played this game in the arcades. Correct. You have played this game on the ZX Spectrum. Uh, what were your first impressions of playing Endura Racer on the Atari ST? Well, I like the opening screen, and like I said, once I figured it out, I like the uh, I like the pull down menu. I I like seeing all the options. Like there are options. Uh, you can uh, you can have a joystick or mouse control, which is nice. I use both. I tried both. Just to be fair. Uh, you can also you could actually take a picture and, and and which is weird, but you could take a picture of your of your race. That is weird. And, I, I never did yeah. that. Oh yeah, you could do it. Uh, well, it's if, if you're playing off an image, you know, it says like, "Hey, your thing's right protected." It's like, "Well, yeah, no kidding." Uh, you can, uh, so they gives you a couple of different things. Now, uh, uh, the game starts up. I'd say it runs at an okay clip. Uh, and, but right away, I'm just looking at this thing and it's, it's graphically, it is plain Jane. I mean, it really is. Uh, uh, it's not like the arcade that much. Uh, if I'm honest, if you play the arcade version of this and again, I'm not the biggest fan, but it's exciting. You know, there's a lot going on, you know, and your guys, it, it's, it's just, there's the, the area is more entertaining to look at. I mean, these areas are just blank with the, with the bare minimum environment to get you by. Your your character is blank looking. Uh, uh, just I mean, all the other guys are just kind of like just generic versions of yourself that you're racing. There's not a, this game doesn't have a lot of co- uh, like the, they didn't exactly go crazy on the color palette. If you know what I mean? In a lot of ways, this game reminded me an awful lot of like what you would play on the Spectrum. Like if it's a, if they juiced up the spectrum, and I'll, I'll give you a few examples as to what I mean by that. If you look at the way it's drawn, uh, it the the detail on the actual drawing of the dirt coming off the bike as you move, or the bike itself, uh, or the or the landmarks, they're they're the kind of art they use is very reminiscent of sort of the very uh, uh, detailed looks that you get on the ZX Spectrum. But the ZX Spectrum's got an excuse for having flat you know, lame colors. This just sort of basically like colorizes ZX Spectrum graphics and the result is just sort of blah. I mean, did I think this game was like a super dud? No. It was an okay game, uh, mundane, uh, you know, nothing special game. It controlled okay. The gimmick on this is when you hit a jump, you've got to sort of be popping a wheelie as you go over. Otherwise, you're going to land and your guy's going to come off his seat and you're going to lose time. You're going to slow down. Uh, the, uh, 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 so that's the, that's the really the whole thing of the game. Stay on the road and hit the jumps right. Eventually you come to st- obstacles in the road that you don't have to avoid. You know, I don't know how far you got in this boat. I think I got a couple times I got to the part with where you're over the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I, where I, got to. I never, I never beat the game. That's for sure. I mean, I found it difficult. But the you know you go you do transition from uh, environment to environment, but I mean when you transition to them, it's always a letdown. 
You know, it just nothing looks that impressive. Uh, and it just doesn't like it runs. I would say the frame rate's not all that great, if I'm honest. I mean, it's passable, but it's not it's not what I would expect from a system as capable as the as the ST. And I mean, this is sort of this game embodies uh, a lot of the what I've seen with the ST. Just sort of someone did the minimum job to put out this like sort of uh, run of the mill arcade port uh, over to the ST. So what, what, what did you think? Am I out of bounds here, Boat? Um. Well. You gotta. I always, whenever I look at an arcade port, I always go back to the original arcade version and I say, "What is it about this game that made it special?" And to me, what makes Endura Racer special is the technology used on the arcade board. This 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 patented Sega scaling technology that allows you to scale sprites backgrounds and track objects at a very rapid smooth rate it's a very impressive effect it's what's it's eye catch yeah it's what's used on space harrier it's what's used on afterburner and it's what's used on omega racer or enduro racer um in the uh, st version you don't get any of that uh you get you know gone are sort of the the various heights of the track gone are the sort of the way that the the screen project uh, this the screen shifts when you jump uh in the original version of enduro racer when you jump the track actually shifts on screen it shifts up and you see the horizon shifts uh and it it, it makes you believe that you're jumping really really high in the air because of it uh in the in the st version you don't get any of that um of course, there are easy things like, you know, various layers of, of parallax scrolling in the backgrounds on the on the on the arcade version. Uh, you have, you know, your enemy, the, the other racers, they look different. They have a different color scheme um, in the Atari ST version. You, you don't get any of that. What you what you end up with is, like you said, a very flat looking, uninspiring uh, s- relatively choppy motorcycle racing game with poor hit detection with <clears throat> enemies or not enemies, but other racers and other track objects just popping up out of nowhere. Um, and uh, and th- there's really just not a whole lot of fun to be had playing this game. Even if this game was new, when this game first debuted on the Atari ST, if you were coming off of playing this in the arcade, you know, every home computer user has a buffer set up saying, okay, I know that I am not going to get a 100% arcade experience playing a home port. Everybody knew that, you know, nobody, nobody was thinking they were going to play, but you have to, the, the developers of a quality arcade port, they have to take something at least something from the arcade game and translate it to the home if they want it to be successful. So they could have just taken one thing, like say, okay, we can't do the speed of the arcade version, but what we can do is we can bring over the variety in terms of the other motorcycle racers. Maybe we'll put in a a couple different models of car 
And that will sort of overcome this, that will overcome this gap. We'll be able to bridge this gap or say, okay, well, we can't really do anything with the other characters because we're limited with the amount of moving sprites that we can. But what we're going to do is we're really going to go crazy with the variety of the settings, what you're going to see alongside the track. Okay. Well, they didn't do that either. Okay. Well, one more. Maybe what we'll do is we'll really work hard on this engine to make it run as smooth as we can, and we'll make the collision detection spot on, and that will forgive any of the graphics failings. They're 0 for 3. They're 0 for 3 in this game. And so it's really hard to find anything to recommend about this game, especially when you put it side by side with either the Amstrad or the ZX Spectrum version. Because it's not as if this game is Mr. Colorful. Now, is it more colorful than the ZX Spectrum version? Yes, it has more colors. But it moves at precisely the same clip. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure the animation, the, the animation count, the frame count, is exactly the same as the ZX Spectrum version. So yeah. if you're telling me that this 16-bit powerhouse can't compete with the lowly, you know, Z80 processor, that is a big, big problem. And it shows you that, you know, the developers of Enduro Racer were, they were programming for the lowest machine possible. And they, they were hoping, you know, I don't know if this same outfit was responsible for the ZX Spectrum version. I can't remember, but I would not be surprised at all if they coded this version just to dumb it down for the ZX Spectrum version and the Amstrad version just to get out of the way. Now, I can tell you with 100% certainty that they were not involved with the production of the C64 version because the C64 version takes all of the problems with the ST version and they add the extra bonus of it looking like triple butt. It looks horrible. Did you look at the C64 I version did. there? I was, I was, I'm not going to say appalled, but I was upset when I saw it. Yeah, it looked rough. <laughs> it yeah. is, it is bad times if you were, if you are an Enduro Racer fan and all you've got is the C64. You know, you know, one thing I, it does occur to me, Bo, as we're, as we're beating this thing down, uh, this was released in 87, which means it was probably in production uh, in 86, which was roughly not too long after the ST was released. So this could have the same failings that a lot of the early Amiga games had, which are just trying to come to grips with what you have available to you, trying to uh, learn how to program on the system. It is an early title. You know, I'm not trying to give this thing a pass, but it's an early title that maybe they didn't quite have all the kinks worked out. Uh, and it, what will answer my question on this is, you mentioned the, the flurry of other things that this guy worked on, uh, uh, all those other games. Uh, I want to try an, uh, one of these, an Outrun or a Road Blast or something that came out a couple years later. Uh, this is a this is a plea to the, the selection committee. I would like to try something that this guy did a few years later and see if he gained a better grasp of, of the computer he was programming for uh, than what was uh, what we're seeing right here. I mean, otherwise, then I can maybe give it a little bit of a pass. I mean, as it stands now, if this was a full price piece of software and you went out and picked it up i mean you know in 87 i guess like i said it's it's passable it's passable that's pretty much the best compliment i can give the it, game buddy. yeah the game is play it's 100 playable yeah it's 100 playable it's also 100 boring 
Yes, it's a, uh, it's not one you'd go back to over and over. That, even if you're a big motorcycle fan, I mean, it's just there's not a whole lot of like motorcycly feel to it. If I'm yeah. honest, it's just you know, it's just the same old standard crap. No. You're passing guys. There's only a couple different enemies to give or uh, other racers to even go around. There's a truck. There's a clones of yourself. I don't think I saw anything else. Yeah, yeah, and so. Uh, we know from you know past interviews that we've read of of developers, computer developers at this time, that it's not as if uh, Sega was uh, releasing the source code or any sort of art or anything like that. They basically just gave the studio, uh, you know, a copy of the arcade machine, uh, you know, or in some cases they had one arcade machine that all of the studios just sort of shared. They'd shop it around, um, and uh, and so you know a certain amount of uh of leeway could be given due to that i'm not saying and and you never know again it's the same old uh saw about you know we only had six weeks to get this out the door you never know you never All know you, the only thing you can judge is the final product um i do think since we've talked about so many of the other ports of this that we we should take a look at the sega master system version of this game aaron so uh Obviously, the minds at Sega decided to go a different route when they ported an Enduro Racer over to the Sega Master System. Now, could the Sega Master System do a competent version of the arcade game? I believe it could. It uh, did it, other. It did other racers of that. If you've quantity. ever played, if you've ever played Outrun uh, for yeah. the Master System, that's one of the best conversions of the system. Yeah. Of the so of it's the definitely possible. System. But what they decided to do instead with this one was they decided to go the isometric route. So you have in this game, uh, it, it's this is your classic Zaxxon perspective of oh, you are trying to uh, move through uh, a track uh, and it is a 3D experience. So when you hit ramps, you, you get height from the ramps uh, and your, your, your track, you don't really have... Um, turns there are no twists and turns uh you just have forks uh, that you're trying in obstacles to avoid uh i fully believe that this is a result of them uh, of the the folks at sega taking a look at a little game i like to call excite bike and saying how can we leverage this arcade title boy is this the longest is this the is <laughs> <laughs> is this, this an is only just, a 30 this is second this is the promo yeah okay the uh, uh, you know the, you know what this reminds me of a lot the, is the cool part of Paperboy. Yeah. You remember that part where you go through the obstacle course? That's right. Course? It is yeah. very, very similar to Paperboy. So, yeah, I, you know, this is it's imagine if, if Paperboy was on a motorcycle and uh, and he was going off ramps at motorcycle speed instead of bicycle speed. And that's what that's what you end up with. And so uh, this is and I, I, I went around with this on the Mister, and I was very, very impressed uh, with the Enduro Racer because it ran fast uh, and it was very, very smooth. Now, you could say, and somebody brought up on the Discord, that if the Atari ST version would have looked like this, it would have gotten scorched in the magazines because the magazine writers would have would have looked at the ZX Spectrum port and said, hey, you can do what looks like the arcade game on the Spectrum. Why can't you do it on the ST? And maybe there's some truth in that. Maybe they, they shied away from that because... It was, you know, it was already out on the Spectrum, or maybe they they knew that the Spectrum version or the the eight bit versions took the same arcade viewpoint. Um, but to me, 
the master system version shows a greater amount of imagination and sort of working with the hardware that you have to achieve the best result that you have. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because this is that, again, we're talking about 87 here. And this is when you're, you're just now moving up people from the eight bits, to the 16 bits. And I think part, maybe part of it's just, I mean, like I said, aside from the fact that maybe they didn't quite get it. I think they just assumed that people were going to be uh, satisfied with it because it was still better than what they'd been used to, you know. So maybe there was that aspect of it, and it, it is. It's it, it's okay. It's it looks better than eight bit, more or less. It plays better than eight bit, more. Or less. But I mean, uh, I think uh, uh, only time will tell as we dig deeper in the ST. When I mean, we've played games very similar to this on the Amiga that were just as crummy, you know, or worse. Action Fighter comes to mind, that horrible game. Uh, but so, you know, it happens, and sometimes these arcade ports, and again, this is not the strongest arcade game to port as well. And so maybe, I don't know how big a hit this was, maybe it was a minor hit, maybe they just gave it minor uh, attention. You know, you know, there's plenty of different angles. Yeah. But I mean, overall, just playing it now in 2022, it ain't one I ain't, I'm sure it's heck not coming back to. Right, right. Uh, the Discord team did agree with you. Uh, we got some reviews. Uh, Photon Storm writes, "I think it's too important. I think it's important to remember just how early in the ST's life this game was released. Clearly, the developers weren't used to even having a mouse available, and the game strangely features a drop-down menu system and even mouse controls, which actually do a passable job." I want to take a break from Photon Storm's review here and talk a little bit about the mouse controls. Yeah, we forgot to mention that. If you're doing mouse controls. Don't make push forward on the mouse and accelerate and pull back on the mouse decelerate. Yes. That's yes. crap and that's no good. And no. that's what this game does. Yeah. And the <laughs> thing is the mouse controls, once you get past that, they're they're not bad. Yeah, it's fine. You know? It's fine. But I mean, I I, I I use the mouse most of the time, but that sucked. You know, yeah, that's I yeah, especially when you got mouse buttons sitting there. Yeah, you know, what are we doing? So, so yeah. Yeah, back, to Photon, back to Photon Storm's review. Graphically, the game is weak, especially when compared to the arcade. There is no real sense of speed. All the riders look identical, and there's just none of the break deck fun that made the arcade so great. The Spectrum version does a much better job than this. The emission of sound effects is truly odd. It's music or silence. On the plus side, at least the first level is very forgiving, but nearly everything destroys you from level two on. A real shame considering what comes later in the ST's life, but perhaps a symptom of the time. Three out of ten. And Salem OK writes, I remember getting a cracked copy of this game and being pretty excited as I already had Super Hang On, which was an excellent conversion. Boy, was I disappointed, even by my <laughs> rather low standards of the late 80s. The joystick controls are extremely stiff. The collision detection is inconsistent. The colors are C64 bland. Ooh, ice burn. This yeah. game moves better than, than most early racers. It came out in 1987, and the music by David Whitaker is really catchy, among my favorites from him, actually. But that's about it. Four out of ten, uh, mostly for the music. I will say, just I want to add two things Okay, here. man. Uh, the music, and I loved Dave, uh, Dave Whitaker's stuff, right? But and I'd heard this theme was like the the, the bomb dot com. Listen, to me, the arrangement sounded fine, but the music was no great shakes. I mean, as sounding like you could put this like you this could have done better exactly, on any. This sounded exactly like a hundred twenty eight K Spectrum game. That's exactly that's, it. Had that A Y sound chip. That's you stole like, my thunder. Bling. That's exactly what that, I was going to say. Mm -hmm. Like, if you put this on, like, I, I didn't play the 64 version, 
But if you put this on there, and 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 you may the game might stink, but you're probably gonna get some awesome tunes out of it. I mean, this is the ST, the highly uh, the highly praised musical machine, and I want to hear some of this super duper killer music on it. Secondly, uh, the reviewer brought up a good point there. You when you play the game, you get music and no sound effects, which is goofy. Uh, I, if you look at the Amstrad version, I looked at the. I just had a cup of coffee with it. Uh, it, it it's got sound with with no music, mm-hmm. and I debated on which one I preferred because one of them you just get when you get the music, but I why I want both. Right now, again, it's early, but I want I want both, and, and or I, at least have the choice. I mean, you can turn the sound off in this, but that's it. So, yeah, that is weird. Yeah, it would be interesting, and I'd like to have some discussion about this in the Discord. Maybe I'll post this later on. At what point do we think, did the ST really hit its stride in terms of uh, programmers really being able to take advantage? You know, how many years did it take before we were were able to really, you know, most people were able to really get the most out of the ST? Interesting to find out. I feel bad, sort of bad for coming down to this because it was 87. But, I mean, just uh, taking the year out of it just as the game, it doesn't do much for me. I did look this up on eBay. Um, and uh, it is, uh, it's funnily enough, this was uh, packaged after the fact uh, on, a, I believe, to be a budget release by Imagine Software. Uh, this was actually uh, this no, is this uh, this was what was known as the 520 STFM summer promotion disc. Aaron uh-huh. uh, Enduro Racer was packaged with one of your favorites, Slap Fight. Oh man, yeah, oh, man, all yeah, on the same yeah. disc. Okay, I know which one I'd rather be playing. Well, uh, this sold. Have you played Slap Fight on here? No, is you may it bad? change your mind. Okay, you know, well, well, we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, this sold for the princely sum of $15.84. So um, there are copies of Enduro Racer out there. Uh, there are some listed right now on eBay for various prices. This is an easy game to find if you are an ST collector. There you go, Boat. All right. Uh, again, I, I wouldn't call this disappointing. But I would call it uh, not exciting. Yes, yes. And with that, Aaron, we leave uh, uh, Enduro Racer. Uh, And we want to, of course, thank all the fine folks that brought this show to you uh, this month. Uh, Our patrons, in particular, Game Selection Committee members Richard Davey and Dave Velociraptor. Uh, we also have a uh, a team of folks uh, that support the ST Show on Patreon. Dave Cavalieri, Control-Alt-Reese, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Laurent Giroux, Olivier Massoud, Tim Drew, Retro Jerry, and Bernard Quinn. If you'd like to support the Atari ST Show, you can go over to patreon.com slash Atari ST Show. We do have a goal up there. If we can get to $200 a month and Patreon support, the Atari ST Show will go from a monthly show to a weekly show. And that would be super awesome. Uh, if you like the Atari ST Show and you want to hear more, feel free to check out our other shows, Amigos, Everything Amiga, our Sinclair, an American take on the ZX Spectrum, uh, the Coco Show, gaming on the Tandy Color Computer, 1200XL, the Atari 8-Bit Show, and ARG Presents, where Aaron and the Brent spin the wheel and make the deal. All of these shows can be found on the Amigos Retro Gaming YouTube channel or at anchor.fm slash Amigos Podcast. And now, Aaron, it's time for the big reveal. What are we going to be playing next time on the Atari SD Let's find out, folks. Oh, man. Now I'm excited. Star Trek 
the Rebel Universe. Ooh, that sounds awesome, Bo. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, so, I wonder what kind of game that is. I don't know about that one. No idea. It's the original cast, too. Beauty. That's right. That's right. So we will find out all about it, and we'll tell you all about it next time. But until then, thank you so much for listening, and make sure you play your Atari today.